Battleline podcast. This is going to be a real treat for you guys because I know you guys in the audience really love hearing from the special operations guys. And a lot of our audience is well versed on the SEALs, on Army Rangers, on Air Force PJs, but you don't know as much about Canadian special ops. There's a little bit more of a mystique behind it. So I'm excited that we're going to bring on Jeff DePazzi. But before we do, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out, quicker incapacitation. And it was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did their ammunition, the TUI, that's their trademark, outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it also became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. You go to their Instagram page and you'll see hunters all over the country are using Fort Scott. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. I um, am obviously not there, so I don't know what's going on with the shipping department and all that. I know that they're backed up, but I'm going to guess, and don't hold me to it. You're going to have to ask them. This is probably the last week you'll be able to order and possibly get something in time for Christmas. Possibly is the key word. Yeah, exactly. They guarantee. Yeah, they're they're backed up. It depends on the caliber. And honestly, I I don't think – well, I I don't want to put a damper in what Four Scott's doing, but – I don't know how, if they're going to be able to get it out for Christmas, but you will get it. And it, but you're not going to find ammo anywhere else that you're going to be able to it's get it unless you go directly to a store and you buy buy something that isn't the quality of, of Fort Scott. So if you want quality, you know, go of course check Fort Scott Munitions and and just be patient with them. But everybody's ordering ammo. But are you guys in out there? Some cases, I think I could be wrong, but I think in some cases with certain caliber ammunition, yeah. It's getting there quick. It's not it's, nine mil and five five six, which is this what pretty much everybody uses. That is the the standard for most intro shooters, but then also home defense and so forth, uh, duty weapons. They get that out. Try to get that out real quick. So they're catching up to it. But yeah, so we don't want to guarantee anything. They may, yeah, not guaranteed, but they may be able to reach you before Christmas. I'll say. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so if you it. have the shooter in your life. Uh, last minute gift idea, and also I'm sure they'll be um, able to, you know, if you let them know, hey, it might be a little bit of a wait, but I think you might be able to get some of it in time for Christmas. So Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. Although you can get it in stores, the only way you're going to get our discount is if you buy online. So fortscottmunitions.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. Once again, use the promo code BATTLELINE, one word, for 15% off at fortscottmunitions.com. I already know that's not for um, uh, subscription orders, but if you're doing a one-time order, 15% off everything, whether it's their hats, shirts, ammo, any of that. Um, let's get right into everything. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. 
This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dead for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on. Very excited of Jeff Capazzi, as I said in the intro. Um, hey, I will say, happy Hanukkah to those celebrating. This is the second night. We had the first night last night. I have the menorah going on at my house downstairs, uh, which means because sometimes in the Jewish calendar, it falls close to Christmas this year, a little bit further from Christmas. So Christmas right around the corner as well. What, question for you, because I'm, I'm not familiar with, I, I know what Hanukkah is, but you know, yeah, like I've seen the Adam Sandler. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the Adam Sandler. No. <laughs> there's actually other movies I've seen. Hanukkah. I, you know, but as Christians, we we used to get jealous because, like, man, they get they get presents every night. They're not just. But clarify, because as kids, it was like a it was like a, a running competition with the kids I went to school that that were Jewish that had Hanukkah. And you know, when you're eight, nine, you're like, damn, you get presents every night. But can you explain the difference to me, man? I still don't get it. I still don't I will be as a little kid, I I did, man. I, I my, my parents <laughs> were, were great as a little kid. So I mean look, I'm I'm so that's, you know, that's in my, true. In that's my not 30s a, that's, now. So that's not an old wives tale. That's not a no, that, but, that is actually accurate. And I also will say though, the only reason Hanukkah is like a big holiday, you know, here in America is really because of Christmas. It's not a religious holiday on the calendar, really. It's not like oh, Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah. Oh. I think it's just kind of, you know, you want to feel included in the holiday season. So it's not, but it's not like an old biblical holiday. Um, okay. One of the cool things was I actually, when I visited Israel, I got to see the caves where the miracle of lights happened. And like in my safe down here, I have like a rock from one of those caves which was kind of cool that's cool um but yeah no my, i mean my parents were always great and and hooked me up with a ton of gifts and i, I definitely have pictures from when my grandma was alive at her apartment and like surrounded by gifts you know as, as a grown man no <laughs> I, I remember growing a kid we you know we didn't care either way we we're all friends and, and i didn't know there was a difference growing up but I remember the the kids of the Jewish faith would always give us shit like, yeah, we get presents every night. We get one <laughs> night every night. <laughs> but and it was funny. It was, but I just I never. It's like, are they right? Because then you'd hear stories of the presents being, you know, just like uh, ladles and stuff like that. And and I, and I didn't mean dreidels, dreidels, dreidels. What did I say, ladle? <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> Dreidel, sorry. Dreidel, I said that. Not I mean, I think it's like anything else. It really has to do with what your parents make. You know what I mean? Just like sure. a rich kid on Christmas is going to get the new Xbox. And a, yeah, a kid who's, you know, doesn't have parents don't have as much or, you know, not going to be able to afford that. I think it's just like anything else. Yeah, OK, I, I that's that's all. And now I know I'm I'm 49 years old. And now I finally know of the <laughs> of the stuff that I did know back when I was in. I should write a book on that. I think somebody probably has the stuff I didn't know back in elementary school about Christmas and Hanukkah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's excellent. Um, excellent. So with, with that, I actually did want to mention, of course, um, I feel like we have to rest in yeah. peace to Air Force pioneer and legend <laughs> Chuck Yeager. Um, 
But you know what? I, I always feel like when someone dies at 97 years old, that is as full of a life as it gets, especially for him yeah. who lived a dangerous life. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. And um, they don't make make guys like that anymore. You know, it, it's a greatest and you're know, part of the greatest generation that he was, too. So that's why they're their greatest generation. You know, I, I, I'm sure he, he didn't didn't stop him and buy being a few few drinks of alcohol now and then lived a probably pretty exciting life sometimes rough and he still lived to 97 you can't nowadays you can't do that you drink too much too much you're you're not living to 97 <laughs> we're just not built as tough as those guys back in the day yeah i don't know uh you know because uh, i know um uh who am i thinking of buzz aldrin buzz aldrin got, you know started indulging other stuff because i read his book and he was he was very open about that um, Chuck Yeager, I really don't know. I don't know if he was completely, I, I don't know. He may have lived a completely health, you know, healthy I, you know, life. I, I, I really I, couldn't tell you. I, I didn't really read anything on that. I have a hard time, you know, just because that's the lifestyle, not because you're an alcohol. I mean, I, I don't drink a whole bunch, but I do drink every once in a while. And I have had my years that I did drink just a tad too much, but then you had to stress into it with the job. And then you had that you're always on the go. And then he would, you know, he's a public speaker for a long time as well. And that takes a lot of, cause you're always traveling and to still make it to 97, not just with the outside factors, but the internal factors of just stress. Holy yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive, man. That is pretty impressive. It is. I, I was going to read, you know, like the full obituary, but the guy has done so much that I just I don't want to take up the whole intro. But just, you know, to, to read his and this is from biography.com to read his, you know, biggest highlights, mm-hmm. fighter pilot ace during World War II, um, the first person to break the sound barrier when he flew the Bell X-1 rocket 700 miles per hour in level flight in October 1947, which is just crazy at that time period. Jaeger later trained military pilots to become astronauts and served in various command posts until his retirement from the Air Force in 1975. That is a long career. Uh, His profile boosted by his portrayal in the 1979 book, The Right Stuff, and its 1983 film adaptation. Jaeger became a well-known celebrity endorser and was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1985. So that was during Reagan. Um, And I didn't know this when I was reading up on him. I didn't know that when he broke the sound barrier a few days before, he had fallen off a horse just riding horses with his wife, and uh, he bruised his ribs, and he wasn't able to, like, move his arm, and they just threw, like, a makeshift broom handle in there, and he still did it. Isn't that amazing, man? That's Again, that's toughness. That's why he lived in 97. Uh, yeah, do you remember the last guy that's lived in ninety-seven years old that wasn't, I, 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 you know, that that went through all that he did? That's amazing. Again, it, it's it's a positive. It's not even you know, you don't. I don't feel bad at all. It's like you can't celebrate that because that's an example of how to live your life. And as far as we know, how to live your life right and still live to ninety-seven and be still revered to the to the day you you pass away and respected. And you know, so as it is, sometimes you live long enough to. What's the, I think it's this is from Batman, guys. It's not my tour. I think you <laughs> live your life long enough to see yourself become the hero, or you see yourself become the, you know, the the, the villain. And he's lived his life long enough that he was still the hero when he when he passed. So yeah, a yeah. guy you admire, I admire. You know, that's that's the kind of role models I had growing up, watching guys like that, Chuck Yeager. Growing up, I'm like man, I was one. You know, we used to dress up as astronauts. Who dresses up as astronauts anymore? That was. That was my generation. That was yeah. I, I had an astronaut little cool as hell, man. Uh, so that may change with the, with the SpaceX stuff that uh, yeah. like Elon Musk is doing is pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, 
you know, and we may see man go to Mars in, in our lifetime. I think we will. We did. We know, already Rob, did. Arnold Schwarzenegger went to Mars, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, am I getting something wrong? But I know Buzz Aldrin has been a huge proponent of that. He has like a shirt that says, get your get our ass to Mars. Get, get your ass to Mars. That's yeah, from Total very, Recall, man. Get your ass to Mars. You know what I Mars. have to uh, post on his birthday? I have to remember because his birthday is coming up in January. You ever see when he punched that conspiracy theorist in the face? Like, yes. as an old man. At a hotel, this guy was like, you never landed on the moon. And he was like, will you get out of my face? And he gave this guy a few warnings. And after a certain point, this guy's probably 40 years younger than him. He just socks him right in the face. That is, that, there is the generation gap right there. Greatest generation. And then you see what millennials, sorry, not all millennials are like this, but then you see the millennial generation. There you go. That's it in a nutshell. If you want to give a definition of greatest generation versus the millennial generation. And again, not all. I know there's some hard ass sons of bitches that are millennial. I have a buddy. I we call him. He's a millennial ranger, is what he is. He's oh yeah, hard, I've seen him on Instagram. Yeah, he's he's a hard ass ranger, man. But you got to admit that the actual, if you want to look at the as a whole, sorry millennials, uh, you need to you, you need to fix yourselves and quit doing the beards with the skinny jeans and 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 all the other garbage that we could get into if we were a political <laughs> podcast. We would do that, but we, we won't. But that just says a lot about the greatest generation too. They, those guys are just hard as hard as woodpecker lips, bro. They don't get any harder yeah. than that. Yeah, he's awesome. I would love to get him on the show. I mean, I did get the chance to interview him, and and mm. and his book, his his book, um, because he's got several. Um, the one that I read was, I think it was the Magnificent Desolation. He did a few, but the thing, the book that I read that was so cool, I thought was that he was very honest about his alcoholism, his depression. Um, And it's a crazy story because I think people think of, wow, being among the first men to walk on the moon with Neil Armstrong and all that. But what was crazy for him is like, he was like, where do I go from here? And he's working at, you know, like a car dealership and he's endorsing like vacuum cleaners. And he's just like, is this what I really want to do with my life? And, And he fell into a deep depression and came out and talked about it when that wasn't okay to talk about. And I, I, I just respect that guy immensely. Hey, that's, we talk about that stuff on the show. Actually, I think we even talked a little bit about kind of that kind of stuff last week. It's like, Hey, do you yeah. really want to live like this? And then you fix yourself. And if you're a go-getter and, and you have that mental toughness and intestinal fortitude and you make that change and you go fix well, yourself. I, I think for him, part of the issue too was, um, after he walked on the moon, I mean, this we're talking about then the 70s, 80s. He wasn't uh, there were, weren't really the opportunities for him that like you have. Like, I don't think there was like a speaker's bureau circuit. And, no. And there weren't guys writing books <laughs> and all that. So he was just like, what do I do for money? This is like, how do I top this? I walked on the moon. You, you can't top it. You can't top it. You just try to figure out what you like to do and what's to do next. And yeah, the opportunities are there for guys guys like myself and, and at the age that I was in the global war on terror guys that have fought countless wars and, and have immense stories to learn from. You're right. The, the opportunities are there, but it's guys like that, that made these opportunities for us. Cause people look back and like, man, why aren't we talking to these guys? Why aren't we talking to buzz and Chuck Yeager and, 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 and all the guys, all the astronauts and learning from them of how they, how they overcame obstacles to, walk on the moon i you know and so they really did whether they were speakers or not people that run these bureaus i'm sure looked at some of these some of these amazing amazing things they did and like why aren't we tapping into this and using that as a as a motivator using motivation or building blocks to become a successful company or how do you motivate your people as a executive and so 
I thank those guys because if it wasn't for those guys, you know, we wouldn't be having a speakers bureau. I wouldn't be able to get out there and just not, and not for the finances, but just the, the, the catharsis that you get from speaking out there. You do. Yeah. Yeah. That helps out a ton where you get out and like, man, you can let it out and, and people resonate and they want to hear it, but it also feels good to you inside. Like, man, I got that off my chest and oh man, my gosh, I made a difference with somebody's life today. That's positive. So yeah, again, that's why we go back to say it full circle. That's why they're the greatest generation. Tough, tough could, SOBs, man. And could you believe though? Cause I, you know, I remember it from that book that for several years he was selling used cars <laughs> And he says, I sucked at it. He's like, they they wouldn't have kept me there. He's like, they just kept me there kind of as the novelty that yeah. people would come in and be like, you're Buzz Aldrin. And I would sign something. Yeah. It's got to be really, I, it's got to screw with your head. To it's be humil- like, I, no, it can be humiliating, man. I, I'll put it out there. I'm sure it was. If it was the same, like, man, I did all this. I, <laughs> I did all this. And now I've got to, I'm kind of, I'm living down here now. I'm living below where I was. It's, it's demeaning, it's humiliating, but that's the toughness that guys like that has. It's like, so what? I got to provide for my family. I, I'm not going to go on welfare. I'm, I'm not going to look for a handout. I still got to, I still got to live and be a, a contributing member to society. We don't, guys, a lot of people don't have that mindset anymore. It's just like, oh, well, it's not as cool as I used to be, so I'm not going to do it. That's to me, again, shows how tough that generation is and how much respect they had, just not for themselves, but for this country and just to continue to be contributing members and and just how much respect they had for themselves. man. Like, fuck, I'm not going to I'm not I'm still got to work and just getting up every morning, I'm sure. And just going, OK, look in the mirror. All right. I got to I got to go do this. It sucks. I feel like a jerk, but <laughs> suck it up. I got to go do it. And, and just went and did it. And but in the end. It paid. It 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 paid the pro, It paid in the end in a good way because yeah, oh yeah, it, just, it gave him. It even gave him material for that book. Yeah, and I found inspiring. Um, it's always a path, bro. Yeah, that, that's also why I always say. I know I've said it before on shows, but if you get a chance to meet these guys, no matter what age you are, if you're listening or you have kids that want to meet them from that World War II generation, this is really unfortunately it. We're losing these guys like Chuck Yeager. And so if you have the opportunity to meet someone who fought in World War II, who was in the Holocaust, anything like that, you really got to cherish it because it's only a few more years and we're going to lose them all. I mean, the fact that I got to interview guys at Pearl Harbor blows my mind. I will always cherish that, you know, interviewing Captain Jerry Yellen. I'll always remember that. And and, uh, it it, it humbles you when you I met the last Ranger from Darby's Rangers. And if you know Colonel Darby and. His tribute, he was the, you say, the godfather of, of the Ranger Battalion. I mean, that's where it all started. And to meet the last surviving member who, who eventually passed. And he wanted to come meet me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? I I don't even hold a candle to what you did. And, and but then being able to finally get to meet him and say hi. And and he he got off. He came to see me speak in Iowa. In Des Moines. That's so cool. I know. And then I'm like, wow, man, I, why are you coming to see me speak? I want to see, I want to hear what you but then to sit down and just listen to the things that he did and 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 the toughness that he had, like, man, I can't believe you guys did all that. And it made me proud again. It just reached for me to be proud to be a ranger again. Like, oh my gosh, that's the lineage that we're tied to with guys like this this hard ass dudes that you they're never gonna lose anything. And and again, they live till they're ninety, no matter <laughs> how they live their lives and 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 how lucky you are to to just shake their hand and just be in their presence. That's 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 greater than being in any presence of any 
any sort of personality, influencer, rock star. Any, those guys are rock stars. So I wish I would have got to meet um, Chuck Yeager. I, I did. I think that was just to shake their hands. Because, again, that's to me, that's that's the guys I kind of guys I emulated. I respected. I wanted to be growing up. And Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I think it turned out okay having those yeah. as, those guys as role models as well as my parents and so forth. So, yeah, for sure, man. Um, all right, we we have other things I want to discuss, but we'll get to those after because we have Jeff Depotsy coming on, um, who's a guy, one of these guys I've wanted to have on for a while since we started. Um, but before we do, I'm reminding you guys once again to go to fortscottmunitions.com. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. And it was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. That's fortscottmunitions.com. Promo code Battleline. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. So for the first time on Battleline podcast, Jeff DePazzi, who I've been meaning to have on, honestly, since we started, and we just have such a guest list of people we want to bring on. But I think, as I said in the intro, there's so much mystique to Canada Special Operations and there's people who want to learn more about what it is you guys do. So JTF2, Joint Task Force 2, is known as the jewel in the crown of Canadian Special <clears> Ops. <throat> um, you were, you served as a sniper and assaulter. And I should know, uh, note, as you say on your website, JTF2 holds the record. Your unit, not you personally, but the unit holds the record for the longest confirmed kill at 3,540 meters that's almost two and a quarter miles, so I'm sure that impresses you, Chris. That's insane. Yeah, I can't even see. Shit, I can't even see the front of my damn pistol front sight anymore. My eyes are so so shitty. No, that's impressive. I, and you know, I, I, feel, I worked with uh, some of your guys down at Gecko when I was in Kandahar. And, oh, yeah. um, no, great guys down at the Kansas base. We, I don't know why we called it Graceland. I have no idea because that's Elvis and it has nothing to do with Canada, but that's because we're stupid. And that's just, and, but you know, we all, we all kind of have our, our stupid nuances that we do that make it jackassery yeah. fun. Yeah. But can you explain to people? Cause we do get people all the time and we get, we have some younger listeners that want to know the in-doc processes. So whenever we have SEALs or Marines or Rangers on, I always want to go into, Hey, what was your in-doc like? How did you get in? And because I want them to see and hear what their 
what they really are getting into. Here's what you're expecting. It's not all all sunshine and roses. So um, if you don't mind going a little bit of that, brother, I'd appreciate it. Because, you know, I, I don't know it all either. But you're in doc just, just joining. And then how do you make it into JT, man? JTF. Uh, well, like most times when you climb the echelon, uh, the road can be long. And, yeah. yeah, it's hard to find the flowers along the way sometimes for sure. <laughs> Well, so JTF2 is the tier one unit and the tier two unit is Seesaw. A little bit of a different road in, um, but we call that both, you know, colloquially known as Canada Special Forces. And then they fall under our CANSOFCOM. Unfortunately, and maybe fortunately, we don't have something like the x-ray program where you can walk in off the street and, uh, no, that's fortunately no. That I think no. You you need to you have to earn your you know cut your teeth just in the regular stuff. I, that's my opinion. Not to all USF babies out there. Hey, that's just that's my opinion. You, you really should. You have to earn the right to go to try out for for a special operations unit. And that's a, but that's old school way of thinking. Anyway, sorry about that. So you can say yeah, that. Well, you know, I'll hold on there and I'll, I'll circle back because I like. You know, it's a valid opinion because people ask me that a lot. They're like, well, when are you guys going to have direct entry? When are you going to have direct entry? And it's it's like there's a lot of pros and cons to that. And if I'm not mistaken, like something with the X-ray, you already go through something like a boot camp just to to try to get you through the. the, uh, it, the you know, it, it depends on the on the recruiter. I mean, you can go through some pre stuff, but it's not a not necessarily a boot camp. You will go through a boot camp, though, whether it's. Normally, it'll be through like a, a infantry boot camp at Fort mm-hmm. Benning. You'll, you'll go through an eleven. So you're an eleven X. Um, you're not eleven Bravo. You're eleven X, and you'll go through that that boot camp at Fort Benning. Then go to Airborne School. Then shoot over to to Fort Bragg. So that's what I was saying, though. You go through some hardening before you get there. But even at that, if I'm not mistaken, the stats still show that like it doesn't really do much. So it's kind of like like you said, you got to cut your teeth a little bit. There's a lot of pros to it so in that we got to do two years um, reg time they brought back two years reserve time again you know two years reserve um, for those guys who aren't super sure they want to commit to the full-time thing it's a good i think it's a good avenue Um, again though i think statistically most guys uh, are going to make it through if they go something like infantry airborne sure you know, that that's your best chance because it doesn't get easier as you climb it for sure. And then uh, I, I'm going to put this out as just an opinion, Jeff's opinion. I think in, uh, for the Canadians watching uh, that it's good to go to Seesaw for a bit too, because you might end up liking that and staying there. And that serves the need that you, you know, because they're, they're different mandates. So they're going to serve sure. in different ways. Um, but it, it just gives you more tools, more experience to go up into the JTF2 stream. And I, I think, again, statistically, uh, once you go through that, it's a lot uh, not smoother sailing, but you, you numerically you have a better chance. Well, and you're, better, then, you're better prepared. They're you're better prepared. Yeah. And, you know, for the Canadians, in order to go from zero to retirement, it's 25 years. Oh, wow. Um, 25 years to serve in any one unit in one little part of that echelon it's very hard to do because they're going to either push, yeah. push you up, push you out. Um, so it spreads uh, the love a little bit. And then, you know, a little tiny bit more in depth. It is uh, for us at the, at the Hill, we call it kind of, you know, it's um, whatever they call that, just a normal, you know, 
the, the name that isn't part of the, the, the government. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, oh, what do we got? You'll hear now everybody says OGA, but OGA or ORA or all that. But it's everybody. But even then, now everybody knows what the hell that is too. So yeah. the the name that shall not be named, I guess we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for that, for uh, for for JTF two, for going to the hill, it's there's a. Uh, you know, there's some psych reviews and PT testing, stuff like that. Um, there's some scoring that they base on a few things, you know, and if you don't move past that scoring, you don't move to the next stage. I find it pretty accurate. It, it does a pretty good job of not involving um, staff or cadre or however you refer to your instructors up front. It, it really can sort out some of the chaff. Uh, and when I say chaff, I don't mean people who shouldn't be there. It just, you know, wait your time and, it, and it'll yeah. come kind of. And then, uh, yeah, once you pass all the PT stuff, you move into the seven day selection, a little bit different and also similar to any one of them that came from the British streams of uh, selections. Okay. Um, ours has a little bit of a tweak because we inherited, um, the responsibility from our RCMP, which is similar to your FBI, uh, kind of a, uh, national level cop kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, intelligence agency. And they were handling the counterterrorism stuff. And eventually they just, uh, it wasn't, wasn't fitting where all their mandates were and it was drawing resources in the wrong way and stuff like that. And, um, cops, I think have to have a very different mentality than the military yeah. I think counterterrorism beyond intelligence gathering falls into a whole different headspace. Um, okay. then, uh, than the policing. So we inherited that, but it came with some things that they already had in place with their selections and things like that, okay. which recruit for some attributes that look more coppish sometimes than military. And I won't get into the details of those, those specifics, uh, but that's built into those, that selection. And then just like anything else, um, selection never ends. Right. So yeah. then you move into the, whatever it's up to one year assaulter course, and the whole way you're on this like chopping block of ice cubes being shaved. It's, you know, it's all high pressure, but then you're like, Oh, finally, I'm going to kick back. And then you yep. get to the unit and it's like, Oh no, now I got to deliver even more. And there's real responsibility. You're, you're always the new guy. You're always the new guy of something. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. You're the new guy assaulter. You're the new guy in the unit. You're the new guy that's supposed to be packing rucks. I mean, you're always the new guy, <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. And that's the stress that you, that's what, that's the weeding out process. It never, it never ends. It really does. Yeah, it's sharpening. It, 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 sharpening. Yeah, it sharpens. It keeps the pressure, you know, making diamonds. And then yeah. it also keeps it interesting too. Yeah. You, know, you can't, you can't just relax in a comfort zone yeah. It makes sure that you're there and you're accountable to your buddies all the time. And I remember when I went onto my sniper course, actually, I was like, holy well, I'm, I'm here again. You know? And I'm like, I, 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 when am I going to conquer pressure? You know? When am I going to be able to just never feel that feeling? You know? And then when you're done, you're like, okay, well, maybe a little more wouldn't hurt. You know? Like, know. Where else? Where else can I find it? Is it? You miss it. You do miss it. But you're right. I remember those days. You're like, damn. Oh, finally there. Nope. You're not. Now you're something else has bought popped up. Now you got a team. Oh shit! I'm the new team leader. Oh, it's center. It, it's it's all. But it, you're right. It. it it doesn't allow for you to be lethargic. Doesn't you? You can't be that way. If you want to succeed, you have to continually, continually improve. And if you don't want to, tough shit. They're going to make you improve, or you're, 
you're gone. Yeah. I, I like the diamond, the diamond analogy, it, you know, cause you're right. It's just pressure to make a diamond or you're, you're going to crack and then really not a diamond anyway. And yeah, that's like it has some built in, it keeps you accountable. Yes. Um, in, in a, in a, in a world where there's, there's high stakes, Yes. Uh, you know, the, the win loses can be serious. So yeah. no, especially, right. you know, at national level interest, um, you know, in the tier one realms and stuff at, at any level of it, you know, like it doesn't, you go yeah, into sure. the military, there's, 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 you know, huge need for accountability and on all levels. And, uh, so I, you know, I didn't so it know, that in. I didn't know that, that your one week was, was, I thought it was tailored more off the SF selection. I didn't know it was tailored off SAS, man, off the Brits. Then, Cause that's, that's pretty, they have a pretty freaking hard selection. Oh. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. So when I say that, what I'm kind of alluding to is in um, World War II, okay. um, um, what's it called? Uh, like Devil's Brigade stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. When they were developing, when some of the, the intelligence agencies were developing up, they started to mold these things and then the SAS formed their selection. And it kind of became, as we went on, um, now – I guess the five eyes community, but at the time, the allies, um, we all poached a little bit. Poached off. A little, yeah. And then put our own flavors, of course, but of course. sometimes like if you're, if you're looking for product X, yeah. you have the formula that works. I mean, why, why change why, it? There's no reason. Why change it. Right. Um, it, it'll adapt, you know, for uh, American needs, which are slightly different and they'll adapt for Canadian needs. Um, but when ours was handed over, a big chunk of it was actually off, how the RCMP counterterrorism ran okay. their program. And then we added in those flavors. Um, we, we were fortunate at the time when, when JTF two was being sparked up, uh, you know, Delta seals, the SAS, uh, the Rangers, the, the, the green berets, all these guys have been running for a long time. Um, and we had our own, we had the airborne. Yeah. So, and, and those were our allies. So we were able to draw lots from that too, which really helps the, the old learning curve, you know, when you yeah. don't have to start from zero uh, and especially for integration later on as, as we uh, work together. Yeah. The, con- the continuities there. Cause if you're drawn from everybody else, you give shit to everybody else, but every one of us has something that we pull from each other. And then when you go in together, there's already continuity built in cause you're kind of already doing the same things, but you're right. Like you said, you just tweaked a little bit here or there, but it really is the, the, the the end state's the same and and the the thing that's the beautiful out of all of us it that stays the same is the intestinal fortitude that's still there you know that guy there he's going to go through hell he may do it a little differently but if he's going to keep charging through whether he gets hurt or not and he's going to be right there and, and we're going to clear the rooms we're going to do everything we need to do and he's not going to give up that's what i think we all pull from each other and uh and but i i say that the canadian guys can well, at least can drink us under the table. I'll say that you guys have that on us. And still get up in the morning and still go to PT. I was like, no, I ain't getting up tomorrow, guys. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. It, it also, I, I, some interesting things that I noticed that I don't know at the strat level if they talk about this, but it spreads some of the burden of learning too, you know, like where, uh, example, long range shooting, uh, just the way our constructs were, we were able to really run with that and, and help pull it in a certain direction. And then, you know, Americans in a certain direction, then we share that. And it's like um, just force multiplying left, right and center. Wow. 
with that. Yeah, if we could uh, get into that, actually, because yeah. that that kind of gets into the next topic cool. I wanted to ask about is people are probably wondering what it was JTF2 and Canada, large Canada special ops, what was their involvement really in the global war on terror as opposed to what? Because people know what the SEALs did in the Army Rangers. What specifically could you get, you know point to for people wondering that? Because you guys were right there. I mean, you guys were involved, just was in, a lot of times attached to to the units and, and you didn't get the credit that I thought, I mean, and granted it's a secret. You don't want, you're not looking for the credit, but I think that the Kansas guys deserve a hell of a lot of credit because right smack in the middle of, of all that stuff that was going on. Yeah. You know, I'm going to dance between what I, you know, once again, I think I can say, <laughs> I should say and I have no clue about. So um, I would say uh, as a start, yes. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll call you know, 9-11, I guess, kind of the, the official beginning of the the war on terror. Um, I don't know if it had a start date. You know, obviously terror was being fought before that. Way before, yeah. We'll kind of look at that as our our, our X to move forward. Uh, right away, yeah, with uh, K bar and stuff like that. Um, as soon as uh, as soon as the troops went to Afghanistan, um, we were we were there. Yeah, and um, evolved quickly because of it. Like that, that was, I, I've heard the term, you know, battle lab many times where it just for the SF, it, it was a great place to learn and develop. And then all the way through, even up to, um, you know, uh, ISIS, you know, we were right there yeah. with the Kurds. We were the first ones to lose someone. We were the first ones to start on the, on the shooting lines. And it was, uh, for people like me, Canadians who were soldiers, you know, still have soldier soldier heart, or however they say it. Um, World War One, World War Two, the Korean War. Uh, many Canadians went and fought in Vietnam. They just went and became Americans and went and fought. And there was money being filtered and stuff, you know. So the government had its own thing, but Canadians were there. Yep. Um, even the uh, the first Gulf War. Uh, there was units sent. The second Gulf War, there was money, and I, I believe there was a naval contingency. The military wanted to go, um, but the government didn't see it fit right away until it kind of unfolded into going to fight Al-Qaeda and Taliban and uh, those folks. And, uh, yeah, and then it was all the way there. I've been out for a while, so I don't know where it's ended, where it's at. Um, and I don't really stay all that uh, up and informed, unfortunately, so... I couldn't tell you where it's at, but uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a busy unit, and uh, always trying to get our hands in the pot, you know. <laughs> I always want to get a little. Everybody always wants to get a little action in, but that's a good thing. And as as tier one units, uh, if you don't have that mentality, then why are you a tier one unit? Yeah, if you just want to be on the sideline the whole time, well, then yeah, then why are you even doing it? I, I just always had admiration, and that's a great question because for me, and because I, I don't, I, I think that they deserve. And the Kansas groups deserve a lot more, a lot more kudos than, than what they got. But the bottom line is, is that they did a great job, regardless whether people talk about it or not. And I, yeah, I love hanging with the guys. They were just, you guys were always so upbeat. Just the night, just, it was just a very positive environment always in time, always. And, and the Jack Ashery overflowed. <sighs> but that says a lot. It says a lot yeah. about, about the, this is, and a dry sense of humor. Something tells me you probably have a little bit of a dry sense of humor. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's your face. <laughs> but it's great to hear all that. Um, once you were done, you know, 
how, when you got out, what what made you want to get out? What because I, I want to know this. You know, once you stay in and you and you you're in for a long time, it's hard to break away. But once you did, did you have a plan of action? What am I going to do when I get out? This is the route I want to go, or did you kind of just play it by ear and figure it out along the way? Because and we're going to get into the stuff you're doing now because that's amazing, brother. For sure. Really. Oh, yeah. oh, uh, <clears throat> um, some of this, Ian, you may have already heard. Oh, for sure. But it's a new audience. Yeah, like, I think yeah, they'd yeah. love to hear because um, what you're doing and, now is, is pretty cool. And honestly, um, I want to hear it. I, every question that I ask, I, I actually, I want to hear. I want to know. It, 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 to me, me, it's a misnomer. I love, I love. So sorry if I'm making you repeat yourself around Ian. I don't ever. No, 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 I'm not. I, 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 I think it's a great chance to touch on a few things, too. Like you said, um, the military has been around for thousands of years making soldiers and if that's the product you're looking for, that's great. They got really great systems, right? Nowadays, we got we got science back and we got all the psychology, all the tools. So once a soldier, especially the higher they climb the echelon, people don't realize how deep you're in there. Yeah. Like you're, you're a program. I don't want to say machine, but you're, you're pretty programmed, right? So yeah. then when you're like, okay, well, how do I get out of here? And you're like, okay, let me see what tools I can do. Okay, I can shoot really far. I can run really <laughs> fast. You know, I can carry big loads. I can think of my... You know, and you're trying to be like, oh, maybe I'll work here. Oh, no, that doesn't fit. You know, so it, yeah. but it, that's a difficult thing because I, I just want to take a chance to mention because a lot of soldiers. No, this is perfect because we have difficulty transitioning. Yes, right? that's what I'm, I'm hoping we get into. That's what I want to hear because that's and that's it helps me because I still have my days too. Like, okay, how do I get through? What do I need to do now? What can I do? Am I fitting in? That's always a question I had. So this is great. No, continue. I, 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 I we want our guys to hear because people need to hear it, and they ask questions about this all the time, and they don't need to keep hearing my answer. <laughs> I, they need other guy, other guys that've been in the community's answers because there's always different ways to skin a cat. And you're, this is probably helping somebody right now when we when we air it on money. It's going to help somebody. Yeah. So to for me, it, w- it was kind of sometimes life hits you pretty hard. For me, it was meeting my wife. Like really, it, it completely jarred me in a good way. And it like gave me that face slap. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it just falling in love actually reduces threat response and it makes you a little more optimistic. So you're like, yeah, I can get out of here and I can do this and everything's cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 15 years I just spent developing this myself as this, you know? Um, but that brought up the question of like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to move into? Um, how do I take my, my new attributes and, you know, all my knowledge that I do have and make it applicable once I'm out, especially um, it wasn't until very recently. Now we're working on a long range shooting series that I, I, I was like, I don't want to do military stuff really per se. I, I don't want to go um, be a shooting coach. I don't want to work for the government. Uh, I don't want to be a contractor. Nothing against that. I just was like, that's not where sure. I wanted to go. I wanted to, uh, I was pretty 180 and pretty hard at the time. Uh, so it, it took some sitting down, some thinking. I, I I went through what we call the soft reserves. So, right. you know, I was full time and then I spent a little bit of time in the soft reserves where I got to keep my beak wet. You know, I was uh, teaching Hey Ho, Halo. I was right. uh, teaching shooting and stuff like that. So I was still in there. I was still working um, with the, the new guys coming up and uh, I wasn't deployable at the time. But it helped me transition as I was thinking about what do I want to do what do I, for my pivot in life. Um, and then Jess and I started coming up with the special forces experience and it just has evolved in many different ways since then. Um, it's, it's, 
I'm glad it's found a lot more heart than I would have ever foreseen at the start. Um, but it's also been pretty amazing the response I get because it, it's loaded with adversity and fear and struggle, all those things that people sometimes tend to avoid. Yeah. And the way that's being received has been really amazing. Um, so I'd say that's kind of how it started. Obviously, a million nuts and bolts in between there. I would say for guys and gals looking to get out, before you do, um, just consider that move, that transition, um, because like your body, your mind literally starts yeah. to change, right? Like yeah. We're a product yeah. of our environment. Yeah. It's, uh, and when you come out, <laughs> it's going to start to be different. Um, the civilian world's different. Um, lots of great people out there, but they, they function differently than the military. That's why it's the military. And in that, you know, like the, you mentioned earlier about sense of humor and the power of irreverence, you know, most people don't joke like that at the water cooler. They don't, that, that doesn't need, you know, whatever that yeah. is happening psychologically, yeah. that doesn't usually happen there. Yeah. Um, or at least not in a, a, what I would call a healthy way in the military. Using yeah. it there was yeah. healthy, right? When yeah. everything is like, you know, bombs and bad guys and, you know, oh man, am I going to step on an IED today? A little irreverence goes a long way. Long way. And, yeah. uh, so anyways, yeah, moving in there, there, there will be some surprises. It's really nice right now, I think. There's not, I think, but there is ton of support a ton of people who've um, found that way out because as as a whole i think we did a pretty our, we've expanded our knowledge but it's gotten better and better and better and better you know like yeah for the vietnam guys coming out yeah. with almost probably zero support maybe other than their family and if they were not even uh, like a, a humility but just tapped in enough to know oh, fuck I, I need a little a little help here. I need a little nudge to the left or right um, because it's, it's not a weak spot. It's just, I don't have the tools, the words to move that way yet. You know, and even just, even if nothing's shambling in the PTSD realms, it just a little transition goes a long way. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So think about that, right? The environment you got, the people you can tap into um, that are, that are good for you and want the best for you. Well, I, I think just what you said, the humility part of it is, is the Vietnam guys, it, and, and I, again, hard as, hard as nails, those guys, and welcome home to all you Vietnam guys out there. I know a lot of you didn't get it, but it, it, it wasn't acceptable to show the weakness where nowadays, and that's where we've progressed to where it's okay to say, Hey, I need a little help. It wasn't okay. I just didn't say weakness. I don't want to use that as a bad mm -hmm. term at all. It's, it wasn't okay to ask for help. There was I'm a, I'm a, I'm an army guy. I'm an airborne. I'm SF. I'm, I'm alert, but I don't ask for help. I can handle this where this is a good thing. Now we've gone to the, the spot where it is okay to ask for a little bit of help. And by you saying that, what you just said and what I've said over time and other guys have said that we've all asked for help at some point from our wives, family outside that I think is, has gone a long way. And, and you yeah. just, you just reaffirmed that as well, which is fantastic because uh, you know, tough guys, need help too to transition and that's how sure. we become successful and that's why you, you have your special forces experience that's why you get leo jenkins writing books that's what you know and they've gone other routes mm -hmm. in a positive yeah and, and i want to if it's okay i want to kind of um go go backwards a little bit to explain to the audience what exactly is the special forces yeah. experience because it's probably civilians who are like this is awesome i want to do this guys who probably didn't get a chance to join the military yeah. or, or just aren't headed that route but want to challenge yeah. So uh, thanks to you, Ian, the first time I met you, we've, we've started to try to call it the SFE. Um, 
you know, shorten it down. Is that a hashtag? I don't know how this is thanks to me. I have nothing to do with it. Are we hashtagging it? I'll hashtag SFE. That's that's the hashtag. Um, Yeah. So it it started off as um, my my wife's suggestion of making something for men, a man camp, if you will, you know, axe throw and roasting s'mores and stuff and, you know, talking deep. And at the time, like now looking back, I was like, oh, I just wasn't paying attention in the right way. But I, I laughed. I was like, no, there's no way I'm doing something like that. That's, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's, that's no, no. Anyways, when my, my wife, of course, persisted and helped me see, okay, well, let's put it together like this and like this and like this. And at the time, um, boot camp style things were around, you know, um, other programs that were sparking up. And I was like, I don't really want to do that either. I, I want it to have a little bit more. I want people to discover things about themselves as they go, not just psychologically, but a little bit more esoterically, you know, answer some of those bigger questions, have their values pressed, you know, what, what what's motivating me to move this way? Where do I want to move? Am I moving the right way? And it started to develop into this eight day program. And uh, once we had that kind of, I'll come back to it because it's really the meat and potatoes. We expanded on a little bit and we made it um, for people seeking some form of behavioral change. So we, we don't dictate what it is. I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say, hey, Ian, this is good for you. Or hey, Chris, this is good for you. Um, the idea is to help people bump up against things to find it. And, and with behavior, it takes a long time, right? It's They call them shadows and blind spots because we, we just don't see them and uh, to root them out. So we four phases, takes about six months or so, start combing through their lives. All the way along, they're being tested on uh, psychological attributes, um, personality stuff, all that kind of jazz. Um, we got a big, thick uh, pile of tests that we throw at them. Most of the time, they don't know what's being tested. Um, that keeps it a little more raw and honest. And then they go to the eight days where it's one big, giant neuropsychological test where everything they go through is an experience. You know, so they're, they're doing lots of that military-looking stuff. Uh, for sure. Um, but everything in it is a tool for us to see something about their behavior. And like I said, to put up walls, you know, uh, adversity so that yep. in order to overcome them, you got to grow. You probably haven't experienced something like this in your, in your day-to-day life. And we're putting this up for you to, you know, to overcome it. And uh, in that confidence is built a whole bunch of those things. Um, yes. I um, mean, for those who decide the military is not a route for them, it definitely gives them a, a big old uh, taste of that. Our uh, right now, our kind of pass fail rate, if you will, is actually a little bit lower than even a, a tier one or 11 percenter. Um, but that's because we talked earlier about hardening up your body for a few years in the military and then going where these are guys that are, um, you know, accountants and business owners and entrepreneurs. And, you know, lots of them are, well, all of them are fit to an extent, but there's a different kind of hardness, yeah. some kind of psychological thing that comes probably deep in the old limbic system that you need to go through this. You know, and some guys do go through it, but it doesn't matter how many inches they make it in, they find something in themselves. And that's the whole idea, right? Travel the, the hardship to come out with a little bit of a new me and bring that into my new world. So it's good for my family, good for my community, good for myself. You yeah. Know? So the courses are in Arizona now? No, no. What we're doing, Ian, because of COVID is I'm going to leave it just the term Sierra Nevadas. Um, 
because that'll be the spring one. Um, we just had to start up an American company and uh, we're going to do one so that if the border closes or well, right now it is closed for Americans to travel to Canada. Canada. <laughs> I haven't said it in a while. Um, other than for essential service, and this unfortunately doesn't fall under uh, essential service, we want to make sure that that doesn't happen again. We, we we asked our serial two guys to hold off, so we created this up. So there'll be two of them. It's not in, uh, not in Arizona. Um, yeah, because looking at the videos, I'm like, this looks like guys going through the freezing cold. It doesn't look like the heat. Yeah, and, and so that's why it'll be somewhere in the Sierras to, to keep that that trend of chilliness going. Um, well, it's great. So. I, being cold is a, is a fantastic uh, uh, multiplier of su- a suck factor multiplier. I, 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 people, I, I went to ranger school in the wintertime and I would have much preferred to have gone in the summertime because I, I've always told people my shit doesn't hurt in, in the heat. I can drink water and, and that cold factor with a little bit of sleet in there, a little bit of rain in there. Now it's muddy and cold. Now it really does make you dig deep it makes that that minimal mile thing that you had to do, whether it's a mile ruck, a mile ruck, anything crawling a little bit, uh, obstacle course, a hundred meters, it makes it that much worse. So that's per. I mean, that's, I saw that too. I was like, yep, it's awesome. I know he's doing it right. Cause those guys are muddy and it looks colder and shit out there. Yeah. They're, they're learning something about themselves. If the, at the very least, how much your fingers can hurt <laughs> in the cold. And that's, that's awesome. And Sierra Nevada is beautiful. I, I want to, I said, I want to ask where it's at. Um, if, if it's because I, I want the program to part of part of learning about yourself is not knowing what's coming next. And that was part of SF, part of special operations. It was guys that would quit. It wasn't they couldn't handle it physically. And I know you probably saw the same thing. It was not knowing what was coming next. And they couldn't they'd mind fuck themselves, mind screw them. They couldn't handle it. And yeah, I, I'm sure that's part of the course where you're, you're not telling them what's coming next. And and so they worry and, and then they anticipate and that that creates the stress levels to go up and it could be the easiest thing coming, but they already screwed their heads up, but thinking that it's going to be the worst thing coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll just touch, you've mentioned the cold, all those base needs, you know, physiological needs, we stress those, you know, that's, that's what you can stress really easy. Um, it, it's kind of the easier button to do, right. Put them in cold, yeah. physically stress them, you know, caloric intake, water, that kind of stuff. But then there's that, that's, I think that's a, a big old neocortex thing where the human being really wants control. Yeah. They want to line things up in a nice linear way. And they're like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. And when you step into the unknown outside of your comfort zone, and in our case, we make sure they're doing things that they don't normally do. Okay. And if it looks kind of like something they might do, we have little fun twists and turns for them to make it so it's not something they're normally doing so that it's all new. Right. And then, but the, the interesting thing about the unknown, um, those fear factors that put up that wall, usually, uh, I don't even know if there's a stat or something, but most of the time it's pretty safe, you know, yep. and it's all in our head. We, we run our anxiety yep. up and we're like, ah, yeah, you know, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. But then they're in it, they flow through it and they come out and they're like, oh, okay. You know, one, one level, up, one level, up, one yep. level up. And uh, that, that's kind of the, the term we use is post-traumatic growth. I see, Cy- yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Cycling through the you know the underworld of the hero's journey, coming out with uh, some kind of new skill, tool, elixir, uh, whatever it is. And what we're trying to do is observe them to give them some feedback uh, and tailor their experience for the individual a bit. 
we're giving them the experience itself. So even if they just show up, learn nothing, don't move an inch, they're, they're never going to forget that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then there's, we try to put some skill in there, you know, working with weapons, uh, working out of their pack, <laughs> a lot of little things like that, survival stuff um, to, you know, it takes a long time to build real skills, but at least give them a little bit, you know, a map and compass kind of stuff and all that. And then keep it in pressure. Cause it's one thing to work at your, on your couch, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I got this bearing, no problem. But then when you're cold, wet, tired, you haven't eaten and you know, the world's, COVID crumbling around you, it can be a little bit like, oh, okay, I, how do I run this uh, compass again? You know? Um, so it's good to put those stress factors in, I think in a healthy way. Yeah. I, I was going to say the, the thing that you said in that same video about post-traumatic uh, growth, about people not being able to handle stress, that totally resonated with me. I mean, I, I remember reading a quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger about how he said that people who don't get, um, you know, that physical, uh, stress in their life in some way. And for him, it was the gym or, you know, people have different things. They're, they're very easily irritated. So someone cuts them off in traffic and they're like furious. And he's like, I'm able to keep calm. Cause you know, you get that stress out in some way. Um, and, and I think what you were saying is kind of similar to that. You, you know, you put these guys through some extreme amount of stress and then in their real world, everything is kind of a breeze and they get to go back to their accounting job, as you said, or, you know, whatever they're doing in the real world. Yeah. I, I just uh, did a talk and I'll send you a link for it and to put up with this called the art of adversity. And um, a big part of it, just so that we're speaking the same language is vulnerability, being able to bring that out, you know, remote express talk, interchange ideas so we can adapt that into our reality. And I get into it in that quite a bit, but I do believe if you don't come up against those walls and like, look at Arnold, you know, like him or hate him, he was a champ. You know, a governor, he, he, you know, as whatever his name is, I think Bill Burr says, you know, he was a great. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And I know Tonto loves Bill Burr, right? Bill Burr, he's like, I work out, no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then what he's like, I can barely speak the language, becomes an actor, cherry on top. Now he's a <laughs> so, I love I that. That bit. Burr's awesome. I, I, yeah. yeah. And, and he's right. You got to stress your body. You got to stress your mind, but you can do it in a healthy way. And then uh, it can help. Um, and I talk about it a little bit more in the art of adversity, stave off the other side of it, which is post-traumatic stress or post-traumatic stress disorders. Um, those are very insidious and um, just a few things for guys who might be dealing with it. One, um, it's a term that's kind of overlaid on a lot of issues. I think we're starting to learn that a little bit more, but training, you know, like a soldier, like a high-end uh, um, SF soldier, they're, they're alert you know, they're used to functioning without sleep. All the things that lead to not cycling and potentially going into that stress disorder are already there. And then you take them out. So it works really good when you're in a combat zone. But if you put it in at the daycare, um, you know, it, it's not the best place for it. So it's it's not necessarily a wounding, but it takes time to undo those habits, you know. And then there's also blast injuries that can affect the brain, yeah. you know, and then the brain comes back and has behaviors and it's... It, uh, that was one thing that's been really nice about working with the SFE. I've been deep diving and researching the brain and uh, behavior and the environment a lot. And I started to notice that, you know, we overlay this term and it, it's got so many other facets and, and just get that first step of like, Oh yeah, I might have it is very difficult because it could imply that there's weakness because yeah. those, that, that cycle, the training scars, everything else we've done over here is telling me not to let that in. 
right? And uh, it's, it's just think of it more like a behavioral adaptation. Of course, like literal physical damage can form in your brain um, just from the behavior. It doesn't even have to be from a TDI. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, doctors have stuff to start working through that. So that, that way there, it's a pretty exciting time. Um, what I'm talking about is what do we do before we go on a mission generally? Well, we went through years of uh, boot camp, uh, airborne training, SF training. Um, I don't know how many times, you know, preparing for missions, preparing for ops, training your body, doing all this stuff in order for when the real deal happens, hopefully it goes way smoother. Hopefully you don't stress out as much, you know, obviously your first time going into combat, you're going to feel you're going, stress. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and also I think that's kind of part of the fun of it too, you know, chasing that dragon, if you will. Um, but we do that. We, we, we cycle through a growth cycle so that when things happen that we don't expect, don't account for, um, we're a little bit better at um, cycling those emotions out, you know, metabolizing cortisol, those kinds of things. If we don't do that, then bad things happen, disaster, whatever. Um, people start to feel that pressure a lot more. I'll, I'll refer to it again. I take no stance just so people listen. I think COVID, when COVID first hit, a lot of people went into panic mode. You could tell they were going into panic mode. Like, we never had a shortage of toilet paper before. You're obviously panicking. And that is not going to get you through this. You know, you're, you're, you're a victim to your fear right now. And it's not a weakness. It's not finger pointing. It's just, that's what happens when the unknown hits you and you haven't practiced stepping into it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And by you teaching and, and, and getting people into that unknown, it, it does it, it, it. You've said it and I'm just agreeing with you, the level that you're into next. Now, mm-hmm. now when something in the unknown happens, you can handle it better. And then, something else happens the next unknown happens that maybe is a little bit more stressful you have some at least a building block which is what you're giving this advantage coming through to to address that next level of stress to overcome that and uh it's hard to 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 and special operations guys to 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 teach that all the way to civilians because we're forced i mean honestly we're forced that if we want to be that we've got to go those next levels over and over or we get like i said we get you just keep getting chopped, chopped down, sharpening of the knife. But by at least bringing it out to the civilians and how you do it in those eight days, when people, I, I guarantee, I bet I could talk to them that they've changed. I'd love to interview one at the beginning, which maybe you do this. And then at the end, just to even look in their eyes and see how much more confident and also how much more the world has probably opened up to them where they can experience more because they're used to, they, they know, oh man, I can handle, I can handle a little bit of adversity. Um, and the post-traumatic growth, brother, I'm stealing that for my talks when I go speak. Uh, so that's out. You get credit for it, but I'm going to steal that because because <laughs> that is post-traumatic stress should always honestly to me when I heard that from you, it should always be called post-traumatic growth because you have given the opportunity through that stress to grow, to become somebody stronger, better, more knowledgeable, obviously. Um, and and it's a positive statement where the post-traumatic stress right, as that overlay, I think sometimes uses a derogatory statement towards by civilians towards military and even some in the military towards others in the military where it shouldn't be. It, or first responders and stuff. I think that if it yeah, yeah. presents a coin, it, it should present both sides, yeah. you know? Um, and because it's like, it's not just doom and gloom, you know what I mean? No, it isn't. People have this and pull it back in and it, it's, I'm not saying it's not an issue, um, but it's like, it, well, Hey, if we use this word a little bit more, this term a little bit more, 
from uh, it's from actually a couple of Americans, Tedeschi and Calhoun. Oh, so I got to give them credit. I'm giving you credit. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. That. I would like to think we're the first ones intention. What we say is intentionally facilitating post-traumatic growth where um, you intentionally do it. These guys, um, it's so nice to see. They, they just appreciate it. And they're like, okay, I don't know exactly what I'm looking for here, but this sounds like it's resonating, yeah. you know, and it just helps when someone puts those terms out there a little bit better. I, I agree. Uh, outstanding. Yeah, I think- I think it is a great term that more people need to use for sure. Um, you know what I was wondering on a, on a personal level? What's it like going from, we were talking about this before we recorded, but, you know, cold-ass Canada <laughs> to now living in in Arizona, which is a lot more laid back. But as you said, you're outside of the city. Um, and I mean, I love it when I go out there. Yeah. So we're, we're time splitting. I have to call, you know, clear that up. So well, because I'm not an American citizen or a permanent resident, I'm always visiting the Got you. I'm on I'm okay. always, just in case they're listening. <laughs> all right. So yeah. uh, what it is, my business is back in Canada right now. So I have to go back anyways. Um, this is the way we're making it work. But I found that I spend my winters down here, avoiding that cold a lot more than I used to. And uh, as far as Arizona goes, I love it. I love it. Like I have my, uh, my X3 side by side and I just pull out and it's like, couple hundred feet to the desert and it's just open just go ripping um and just brings out her guns and uh the state land is right there it's so that way there it's really great i really i I didn't i like the desert you know like we were in sedona before we were here oh wow and 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 we loved it beautiful right um it's a very diverse state I, i i didn't expect it to be you know, mountainous, uh, canyon lands, desert, giant um, ponderosa pine forest. So that way there, it's been awesome. And uh, a little secret that uh, a lot of people don't know about Jess and I, we like doing rock hounding. So going out and finding uh, gems and stones and stuff in Arizona just happens to have like a ton of that everywhere. So that's been a real plus. Is that, is that up in the Flagstaff area, up in that north northern Arizona corner? Is that where you find them at or is there other? I oh, didn't know pretty that. Much all over the whole state yeah there's there's different things in different areas and that's part of the fun you know it gets us out of the house we go uh, get our hands dirty that kind of stuff oh yeah I, arizona is beautiful yeah I, people don't realize how how much in that northern i actually got recruited to play football there out of high school and went to a visit and i didn't know flagstaff i, I was like well, this is in arizona this is colorado this isn't it's, it's beautiful up there and you do you get actually you get more snow there and it stays longer than you do in the states that get the snow um but you're right now. You're right, man. Arizona is just gorgeous. And and as we get older, I'm the same. I, I, I don't want to deal with the cold anymore. I hate the cold and, and yeah. my bones don't like the cold anymore. I, I, we're, I'm typical getting older kind of guy. I want the heat. I want the, I want the warmth and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Are you thinking maybe about doing a, and hot weather is it, you gotta be careful because of, because of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dehydration. Dehydration. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not a, okay. I'm not a smart man. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, um, are you thinking about doing something like that down the road where you've got the cold weather stuff? Cause you can, you know, the suck can suck too in the hot weather. You just got to be a little bit more careful and watch them because of, of dehydration, but it'd be something that, that, uh, you know, you got a cold weather one, you got to have a hot weather one too. And, and being in Arizona, you have, the, you have the area down there. And I know it's, it can be pretty hard, you have some hard areas to train in where not hard as in they're difficult for you to train, but they can, they can increase that suck factor immensely. Oh, yeah. Big time. I, I was out rock counting. It was, it was literally 117 degrees and, and we weren't carrying much weight or anything. 
and I was so shocked at how that heat can just just zap back to the car, and I was like, "Oh boy, I didn't expect." That. <laughs> uh, so, but on that, um, we do toy around the idea of you know putting it in different places, different places in the world. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. There's there's you know logistical stuff, but people from other countries are showing enough interest that it just could be something like that. Like what we're looking at is like, maybe there's a, um, I don't know, an Australian soldier, perhaps, you know, retiree who might want to do something like this, you know, not, not make it franchisable. I don't, it's nothing like that. I don't, it's not a mass producing, but I think if if the experience is, um, it's it's so well received here in Canada and the U S um, why wouldn't it be well received somewhere else? You know, um, uh, it is. It has been designed mostly for men. Uh, only men come out to the process specifically, and uh, but it's not set yeah, up that way, right? Women can come out. It's not. No, this one is the process is just for men. Okay, uh, it's it's not. But it makes sense. It's almost because I, I think you sort of spoke about it before. It's almost like a men's retreat, and how you know. I mean, you've talked about it before, how like manliness in this day and age of political correctness, it's like looked down upon and you're doing something that's like an extreme man adventure for civilians. Yeah, I I think a lot of guys get some, you know, I'll use a Freudian term like catharsis or catharsism from it, where we have these tools like I have aggression, you know, as much as I, you know, manage it and regulate it. I have aggression, you know, I have anger. I, I just have these traits that a lot of people can uh, sometimes get demonized, right? Where we have these tools and they've served man, mankind, womankind uh, very well up until this point. Um, and it's a good place for guys to come out and use it because you don't get to express them in a healthy way um, too often, uh, kicking it day to day in city street, you know, um, along with other ones. Um, there's also some different elements to it. I'm going to leave them as a surprise, you know, for the guys um, that, that show up. I, I like to, to call it, you know, the integrity of the program, um, but it's to keep as much unknown as possible, especially some of the other things that they see. It, uh, it can be jarring. Um, they're not expecting that, right? Um, we show them one thing and then something else just might happen. Just misdirection, dude. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just David Copperfield shit. It's just, <laughs> yeah. do, do you get a lot of, and this sounds amazing for like corporations. Like, do you get full on corporate, corporate executives from a particular group that come together? Or do you usually want to, you want to have different, different people? I mean, cause we do get the corporations. You are getting somewhat of a same mentality from the same guys. Cause you're getting a group of people coming in more like team building, or is it more of, Hey, come individually so you can learn to work with new people that you may not have worked with before. So that could be some of the individual's agendas. What we have though, is we have another program called OPX, uh, Operation X, and that's for the corporate side. Okay. That, that's either, you know, a big company comes together, sends a bunch of people. Yep. And then what we do there is some, some similar through lines for sure. Um, it's a six month program and it's all designed to, uh, we call it, um, my apologies for uh, decoding and recoding behaviors. Um, a lot of a lot of these consultation companies come in and they're like, "Here, this is what you need to do: bolt this on, bolt this on." And when they forget to undo some things, you know, especially in the culture realm, especially in the uh, the personality stuff that doesn't suit the uh, the employee. And, and like we're talking, you know, is it the leadership strain? Is it the sales team? Because they all have different things, right? And then what we do is we put them through this long battery. Um, of uh, physiological healing and growth and training 
um, based on uh, HRV science that we also extrapolate over into the stress management realm so that their leadership can see, oh, you know, Jim's looking a little bit stressed today. I wonder what's going on. Giving them tools to communicate it out where like, uh, oh, Ian, you know, you're, you're showing you're a little bit on this side, which tends to be a stress factor for you. What's going on? Oh, it turns out, you know, something at home with the cat or something like that. Um, but in life, I, I joke a little, but there's a ton, right? And yeah, say, yeah. Hey, how are you doing? And you're like, okay, it's like, we don't really get anything from that commu- that communication, right? If we dig a little deeper, we all have these things we're not struggling with, but we're managing and juggling and uh, gives the leadership a little bit more tools like that. But then the same concept of um, putting stress on their plate as well so that they can manage it better, but also come off of it. And know when it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta relax a little bit here. I can't always be in the pocket or I'm in a, I'm in a fatigue or burn out my adrenals and things like that. And then they go through um, a week long intensive. Um, you can think process just to like fill in the gap because we just talked a little bit about the eight days, but the months leading up, we're gathering all the data to see what the company and the individuals want, you know, so that the values align more where we, the company wants this and usually you can start safely around profit, you know, and stuff like that. So performance, which is okay. That's, that's when you sign up and sign a contract to work with them, that's, that's what they're there for. So how can we enhance performance? How can we bring those metrics up um, and inject new forms of capital and reward for the people, especially as we move online, a lot of companies have gone pretty much virtual, which, puts a little more disconnect. So, okay, how do we continue this conversation? How do we motivate? How do we bring you online? So that's kind of where it finishes everything we learn about the individuals in the company along the way, all the things that we put them through. And then, like I said, the, uh, the week long, we observe it all. And then we build up a selection for them, um, an HR hiring process, because one of the things companies are having an issue with is they bring in this new person you know, they put them through their their HR tests and stuff like that, that job interview and a sit down. But that person, one, hasn't been cultured to a culture because most companies don't even have a real culture. culture so we got to yeah. fix that problem. And then if you do try to fix a problem, if you're not bringing in the right people um, to uh, to align with that, you're just going to get a mess, you know. Yeah. Um, and designed in a way where it's not like this static thing where it's like, if you don't meet X, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. Where it's, we need people like this. Now we need this kind of person. We need this kind of person. And, um, so yeah, that's been uh, interesting, and that, that that's the the corporate side of of what we're doing. God, that you, cool. that should be the the SFE hashtag SFE. We're starting it here. <laughs> um, you really you should be that should be the HR department of all companies. Yeah, seriously, that would be amazing. If somebody signs up to work at Bank of America. Yeah, you got to go suck it up with, with, with Jeff down at the SF. I, Cause it really would you, if they gave you, it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing already, man, they gave you here. Here's what we want. Here's what we want to see. Can you build a program for our hiring? And, and you guys take over the HR, the HR department. I think you probably have a, a lot less turnover in companies. Oh, I, I, I would, I would like, I'm going to just like say, I bet you five years I could get five years longer. Cause that's generally what happens just going through a more difficult hiring process will add longevity, longevity. Yeah. Um, having people who are a little bit more the right fit, if you will, that'll add longevity, but then you have all the stress burnout. Stress is like, 
I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but like it's a huge killer in companies and it's a massive uh, burden on HR and, uh, you know, disabilities, things of that nature. And a lot of it uh, is, is actually pretty easily preventable. And uh, that's what I mean by people come in and they're just bolting on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do this, do this. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, that feels good. And yeah, it could have potential to work, but we've got some other things we got to undo um, before we just do. You know? Yeah. If, if you were to do the special forces experience in, in Arizona, as Chris was saying, another reason I think that that would work is that just the gun laws, right? I mean, the, the, the gun laws would make it easier to do what you want to do. Yeah. So interesting enough, um, we're doing a, a long range shooting series right now. Um, it'll be about nine or 10 episodes. It's right in the middle of it right now. I got my gun right behind me. Um, it's, it's forced me to start looking into the laws in the U S and as it turns out, like you guys have a lot of state trust land yeah. across the state that you can use. And, and, uh, you know, they're pretty flexible, you know, uh, in, in the co- in the course, in the uh, shooting series, we, we we're going to talk about responsibly using those things, you know, just for consideration, because, um, one of the reasons we're doing this is Jess wants to learn how to shoot. And two, I, I love shooting. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I would hate to see it be pushed away because of some level of ignorance or fear. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I don't know, it's been a while since I've seen this, but in Canada there was a shooting and then they went and I can't remember if it's all AR style platforms. They just got rid of it totally, you know? Okay. Now there's a lot of people going to be impacted because a lot of people don't know Canada Canadians have a lot of guns per capita. Um, Canadians like to shoot too. And we got a lot of land to shoot it on. I just, I'd hate to see it go away. Um, one, because of ignorance, fear, and a little bit of irresponsibility. Um, but like I was saying, uh, just learning about that land and yeah, and there is a ton, like literally another great thing about right here, a couple hundred feet away, we go and it's state land. Um, so we just go about a mile away and um, blast away. And, and uh, at state land, we're, we're good at that. Because one of the ranges we use in Kansas, it's state land, and it, it's a but there's a gun range right on it, and and that's the beauty of Iron of the United States. And that's I, I guess I didn't even think about that when Ian asked that question. How are you doing the shooting stuff in Canada? I I, I know there's the gun laws are pretty, but you just answered that. So well, and if I may, just for the Canadians yeah. listening, um, please. One, we have a ton of crown land. Crown land's kind of similar to state land. State land. Just if you want to picture it. Um, but it's actually pretty open. We have our, what you can purchase is pretty strict, but where you can shoot, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for that. Um, it, and, and rightfully so, you know, it's not right around the city where most people live. So they, they might think it's a bit limiting, but I mean, there's an entire giant country up there that has a lot of open land to shoot if you want to drive a little bit, you know. And I, mean, I would assume a ton of hunting, as we know. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, and that's the other thing, Ian, about this. Like, you know, people like to hunt. Some people hunt for sustenance, you know. Uh, I'd hate to see it go away because of, of that uh, disrespect for shooting in some form. Um, yeah. What is it? It's, it's ignorance. It's it's political stances to get elected onto, even if it's it, it, a lot of it. That's that's. There's always going to be that political stance from one side, and it always is. For and it's always from one side. That's the truth. That's not a partisan statement. Um, but it's utilized for elections. It's utilized yeah, like I said about the coin. Yeah, present both. Like yeah, because right now, 
um, I could hold my gun and then someone's gonna be like, Oh, that guy's a gun nut. And it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm not at all. It's, it's, it's complete opposite. I have the most respect for it, you know, than like that you can. Um, yeah. So That's I we could chat about that, but, uh, well, I, you know, and we, and believe me, we always will. Cause it'll always be on the docket somehow. Um, but you're right with the shooting and it helps, it helps. It's like going to the driving range. If you like to golf, going to the range and shooting, it's that kind of, uh, that kind of stress relief. And I, I like going to shoot, you know, and I, of course I, I still teach and I enjoy teaching and I enjoy shooting with the students there. And you see students come in and they smile and they're happy and especially new ones to the guns that are saying, Oh my God, this isn't an evil object. Oh my gosh, I'm having a little fun. I'm like, my confidence level went up because I didn't think I could do this. And it's, it's satisfying as an instructor to see that as well, man. And it makes, makes me feel good. Which it should. Guns are guns. Guns just a, an object. It's it's the and we've said it. I'm sure you've said it before too. And it's the person that holds it. And let's teach them how to respect it the right way and the safety of it. And 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 where the you know, where the pointy end of the bullet goes because I've had that one in my last class that put the bullets in the wrong. <laughs> but, but that's the beauty of it. You just explain it to them, and then it, it just does little things like that. The confidence levels go up. Like oh okay, I learned something new. The experience. I got a new experience. It's, it's fantastic. The things that, uh, for the process that I use a gun for, um, you can backtrack it to cognitive traits. It's great. Like the gun in a lot of ways is for some people is almost a archetype of fear, if you will. You know what I mean? It's that, that powerful tool. Um, and you can learn a lot there. You can put a lot of pressure on people with it. It's an amazing tool beyond just learning how to shoot. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's awesome, man. Well, people got to check out what you're doing. So it's um at, it's the special forces experience dot com. Mm-hmm. Jeff is on Instagram at Jeff Depotsi underscore and to spell that out, it's Jeff, J-E-F-F, D-A-P, D-E-P. I'm sorry, D-E-P-A-T-I-E underscore. So at Jeff, D-E-P-A-T-I-E underscore and at special forces experience on Instagram. Hold on, do it again. I'm, 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 I'm following oh, it now. What yeah, is it? Yeah. What? Jeff and then D E P A T I E underscore. A-T-I-E. Thanks for doing that, Ian. I, I would have had more trouble with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. because I, when I saw your last name, you don't, th- you know, it, it's not pronounced the way that it looks. No, it, it's a French name that's been kind of chopped up and moved. Dude, look at your hair, man. In the, in the ID pick, you almost look like a young Alice Cooper there, man. Check that out. <laughs> okay, I just I just followed you. For, oh, you're, yeah, for Sergeant Major. Yeah, we got some of the same followers. Got you. We're followed now. That's it. Awesome, man. Is there anything that we didn't hit on? I mean, uh, you know, I think we got to a lot of different uh, stuff here. We, we didn't get as much. I, I know you wanted to get in some uh, Canada humor, Chris. We didn't really get into We're good. Now, this is this is excellent. I, I, yeah, I love, you know, the questions I ask stuff that I, I, I want to learn from from you and, and the stuff that you're doing. A lot of that I, I, I you talk about poaching. That's what we do, man. I mean, you poach. I mean, even the Rangers, who do we learn from? We learn from the SAS. We took, we took Darby, Colonel Darby took the stuff from the Brits. And, and if something's working, you're going to continue to work no matter and use it, no matter who started some of the stuff that you're doing, I'm going to pull into my battle line classes, man. Just, you know, we're not doing eight days or six month evaluations, but just, just some of the positive statements. And like I said, the post-traumatic growth, I love that. And whether you said it or not, the first time I heard it is when you said it. So you're getting credit for it. Um, no, it's amazing because that's why I, I, I think it not just if it isn't beneficial to anybody uh, out there, which I know it will be, you, your talk is beneficial to me because it helps me 
how can I become a better instructor myself? All right. What's he doing? It's excellent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Keep doing great things. I, and I'd love to come. I love to come to one of your courses. I don't want to go through it because I'm a puss now. <laughs> you guys, but I'd love, I'd love to be, come back and be an OC for just to watch and be around, oh, be around yeah. that. Cause it's, 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 it makes me smile because it brings back memories when I see stuff like that. Like, when, when is the next course? Like if people are hearing this, they're ready to go. Is it just because of COVID you don't know or? Oh, no. Uh, so what we're shooting for right now, Ian, is uh, May 14th in the Sierras and then October 15th um, back up in Canada. Nice. 2021 for both of them. Nice. All right. Excellent, man. Well, this was great. Good job, brother. Keep doing great things. Yeah, uh, we'll be in touch. Okay, yep. perfect. Definitely. Thanks, Take man. care, Jeff. See you guys. Thanks, Ian. Thanks. There we go. Yeah, that was good, man. No, he's good. I, I, I was going to say when he says "yeah," it reminds me of Bill Lumberg from Office Space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he, <laughs> his voice that. almost reminds him because I think of the Canadian um, accent. It's slight is uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett the Hitman Hart with Brett the Hitman Hart. Hart. He also family. has the same delivery. How Brett Hart is very serious. Very, <laughs> but there's that they all you know. You either had the way goofy, goofy ones. Which I, I had some of those, but or you had the ones like that with that dry sense of humor where they would say something, and it may even be directed at you, and you wouldn't even know that they were making fun of you to it. Just like it's like you know, it's like that car that goes by at eighty miles an hour. Like, did that just happen? And you'd have to grab it. I say, did you? Just, were you making fun of me? Would the, would the way goofy one be Tom Green? Would he? Be Tom Green, there you. Oh yes, the Tom Green. <laughs> I love Tom Green. I'm really apparently living in a van in a, like an RV now. He's traveling the country. I did again. That was back when still with great comedy. That was they don't they just don't have comedy like that anymore. You, well, you, they, you know? Do you know Eric Andre, who's on uh, Cartoon Network? He's he's got kind of a similar he's, sense. Of similar humor. sense. Of, they got him. They got to bring that back though, because I remember I was watching something on. I was watching a show on Richard Pryor and then Eddie Murphy as well, and I'm like, man, I grew up with some. You know, I had Richard Pryor, you know, in his later years, the Harlem, but he's still funny at the, 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 after the, he burned himself, you know, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but then I grew up with like guys like Eddie Murphy and Andrew Dice Clay, you know, how blessed like, man, I, I got great people. I mean, granted this generation has Bill Burr, which is similar to like an Eddie Murphy, but I know I, I kind of introduced you to him, but I've been loving Tim Dillon. I, I love his it, stuff. It's, he reminds me of, he reminds me of the new Larry, the cable guy. That's, and if you, if you've listened to Larry, the cable guy, if you listen to his uncensored stuff, Larry cable guy is not all, family oriented cars made her. I mean, he got some pretty dirty stuff. And yeah, that's I think what people reminds don't me. know that like Larry is a character. That's not him. That's not, that's not him. Yeah. That's Larry. Larry is a, I, his real name. Cause I can't even remember it. He lives in Lincoln too. Um, when I met him, he was, he was super nice guy. Really, really cool guy. And uh, now he's, he's a, from what I understand, I'm not buddies with him or anything, but I saying I had Eddie. what I love is my generation, Eddie Murphy, this generation has Trevor Noah. If that just tells you the great comedy and how far comedy yeah. had slipped, <laughs> slipped. It was weird. Before he did the Daily Show, believe it or not, this would surprise you. Will Cow was really into Trevor Noah's stand up, and his stand up wasn't uh, bad. I wasn't that into it, but I think with the Daily Show, it's just gotten. Um, it's it's not what John Stewart was doing, man. I, no, I thought John Stewart no, no. found a way to be political, but also like he but did make you laugh. He did make you laugh. Really? Yeah, it was. It's not these comedy shows are not even. It's always something, and it's it's not funny political. It's not like the old Saturday Night Live where they would, where Dana Carvey would make fun of George Bush, or or you'd have who's the guy that played Bill Clinton. I mean, no matter what side you're on, it was still funny. 
It's it's funny that I bring up Tim Dillon though because Tim Dillon has been talking about this same thing, and he's like, I really hope that we see a revival of like just silly Jim Carrey there, type comedy during yeah. these years because he's like, it can't get more serious than it is now. I know. He's like, <laughs> like, do we go more serious? Than this? <laughs> what do you, do you, kind of true. The, where does it go? It remind, is it black and white? And you can hear the Russian Stalingrad music when the comedy guy comes on of the people walking in. File, listening to comedy shows, laughing all in unison, ha ha ha, because ha, ha, ha. Yeah. it's it's you can't even said even I think we talked about on the other show uh, the even Bill Burr when he was hosting Saturday Night Live what a month ago or a few weeks ago I I didn't watch it but I I, I saw something came up where he was chastised for being homophobic I'm like holy shit again it's Bill Burr what did you it's he's hey he was coming on the show you asked him to come on Saturday Night Live now you're gonna chastise him for being Bill Burr on Saturday so I you're right I where where's it going but that's that's again where I feel so blessed that I got grew up around can you imagine Eddie Murphy doing raw nowadays York, oh my still, I I will push back a little because there still is like that <laughs> last Dave Chappelle special that, I think Dave really went he went Pretty far. He talked about it all different things. And I think it's because he has that, you know, I'm going to use the term. He has that fuck you money. Yeah. He doesn't need he to like bow down to these corporations that are going to say, you can say this, you can't say this. Like he's fine. So well, that's what it was. A I, I got to remember it. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll remember it again. But you, Dave Chappelle, but th- Dave Chappelle isn't, isn't still, he's still a past generation. He's the 90s generation kind of comic, True. man. So Tim Dillon, not, man, I think more people need to check out Tim they Dillon. They need to check out Tim Dillon. He's hilarious. The podcast is great. And uh, he truly, I mean, because the thing about him, man, is he'll talk about QAnon and stuff, but he does it in a very funny way. <laughs> That's it, comedy. That's yeah, talent. He's very, he's very political, but it's not serious political. But the stuff he says is true. Did you see the, the one that he did? It was on Instagram. I saw the post. I do follow him. Where he's doing, we're doing the ballot calling with the Coke. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but you're laughing at it and you're laughing at it going, gosh, that's so true. That is so true. <laughs> it, 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 but cause he was, he's like spot on. Like, man, whether I, I yeah, the, the, the election, I, I do believe it was, I, you know, who gives it? all elections and some ask this one. Yes, it was, there's shenanigans going on all over the place on it, but the way he did it I, was still hilarious. How he, yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> pile of coke. <laughs> oh, hey, I was like, that for sure. But people are because he's he's like blowing up. I feel like during this pandemic, he's become a big name, which is cool because I I remember him as like a smaller New York comedian. Um, well, he'll come through. Nebraska. He's Nebraska kind of humor too. He'll come back. Yeah, he, and he did. He did he come did. through he recently. Did. Um. But he did say he a lot, and I hear a lot of comedians saying this. He's going to be doing less stand up and more podcasting, and I get it. You know, I just think that's what it's kind of calling for right now. Um, but you know what? I, we were saying political stuff, and oh, we don't uh, talk politics much in here. But I did want to. I know yeah. people are going to want to hear yeah. your take on it. So I mean, I have to mention it, of course. The um, you know Biden appointing Susan Rice to White House Domestic Policy Council. I don't think it's surprising, but people, I'm sure, want to hear your take. No, Jesus, he even, has he even been really fully sworn in <laughs> for president? Let me no, just, I'm just going to throw that on. shit out there because I got to. I got to start some shit somewhere. Like, really, is he even president yet? I, I, I didn't. Yeah, but, we got a month. But, but anyway, um, no, we're, we're right back to, hey, guys, this if America, if this is what you want with the shenanigans and the corrupt, helping the corrupt out, that's that's politics for you. That's I guess that's what we want again. So here we go.
And uh, no, she she's unethical. She's a liar. She went. She has no integrity. Going on national TV and just lying your ass off to na- knowing that it's a lie. Your mom knew it was a lie. You even wrote in your book that your mom told you you were being used and you didn't listen to your mom. So kids out there, always listen to your mom, even if you're a politician. Your mom knows best. And still, uh, and still out there, you know, run, was running or sucked for the longest time till it was until myself and Tig and I started to call them all out and say, hey, you're bullshit. But and Biden was a big part of that, too. I think people forget that Biden was VP at the time. He was integral in the cover up and, the, and you know, and it was part of, of the troops not being sent. Don't think that he wasn't uh, them helping each other out, even though they're two probably two of the most unethical, corrupt people in America, if not the world. And they are. Um, that's politics, man. What can we do? And that's, that's what we get from politics. And this is what we get. If he is actually crowned as president, well, we're just right back to where we were. That's what we've always done. We've always done with politics is politics being on politicians, being unethical and helping each other out because of the buddy network. And it doesn't matter how terrible, terrible they are. Um, and even if they did their job well, which she, I don't think she even did her job very well. Um, aside from just doing what she was told to, to help out the administration, whether it was right or wrong. Um, that's it. So, hey, hey, that's what we got, guys. America, that's what you want. This is, I guess this is what we what we enjoy in our politics. And it's a story. And we always want stories out of our politicians and politics, too. Sorry, sorry, brother. I know you have something to say there. No, no, no. I mean, I wanted to let you, you know, because you're who people want to hear react on that, not me. So, I, but I... Um, was just going to say, I expected her to get some type of position. I guess maybe this is me spinning a positive, but like she didn't, um, you know, her name was being floated as VP, yeah. she didn't get VP, yeah. which I guess is a positive. Not that I'm a Kamala Harris fan, but I would probably choose Kamala. I would definitely choose Kamala Harris over, um, over Susan Rice. And also what she's being appointed to, to be honest, I, I really don't even know what, the position is with white house domestic policy council, but that could also be my ignorance. I, I don't, you know, to me, this just sounds like kind of a, here's what is it? It's a, here's a, here's a position for you. Hey, you helped us out. You, you helped out the old ministry. Yeah, so I, mean, I guess I'm glad she's not in like a major position of power. Hey, and brother, I, when you were with me in politics, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Uh, my opinion, that's just, and that's what I've, I saw in politics when I was working with the government and in the army and, and with the agency is that that's why our, poli- that's why we have, that's why we have the issue with this election. That's why we have, we don't trust politicians. It's, it's because we're never going to, cause there isn't any integrity. They're just going to keep helping each other out and covering each other's backs. And, and no matter what they do out there, um, even if it's the most egregious act in the world, and they, most of us would be either be thrown in jail from it for violating national security or, or severely, you know, just severely ostracized in, in, uh, in by just, just the moral code of, of what we used to have in this country anyway. Um, doesn't matter. They're just going to keep helping each other out. So that's why, that's why we don't do talk too much about politics on this show because it's, it's old news. It really is. It's the same shit over and over and over. Um, I think that's why a lot of people did like, Trump, at least, and elected him uh, when the first, when he, his presidential and, and voted for him this time is because you, you really knew what you're getting. I mean, yeah, he was he, <laughs> it, it, pig, pickish comments, um, you know, very not well spoken, but 
it was like, man, it's something different. Let's at least we know where we stand where before that, or, you know, you, his cards were on the table, whether you liked him or not, they were there. And there's a lot of things about him. I didn't like, um, but you knew, you knew what you didn't like. You knew what you like, where politics, everything before that politics behind the scenes, is just a house of cards. It's just, just, just bad things and bad people helping each other out to stay in positions and, and to, to be still be part of United States government, because you know what? You helped me out down the line. So guess what? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a, a position here because even though you, it was an effed up thing you did by lying and by helping facilitate this stupid cover up about Benghazi, you did me a solid. So here's a slot for you, but that's politics. man. That's just, that's politics and politicians. And that's, that's what we enjoy. And it's news. And here we are, you know, you and I are talking about it now. We very rarely talk about politics, but yeah, no, but I mean, if the name Susan Rice is yeah. brought up or the name Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton. I'd like yeah. you have an obligation to, to comment. Thanks, on bro. It. No, I, and then, um, but that's all. No, no, you're, you're good. But, uh, <laughs> Thanks for bringing this up. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like, you know, I, I know people are going to want to hear your take on it. I, then, you know, but th- this is the like only place, I, place I, I don't gonna... even know what position. It is. Yeah, I, don't, so I, I don't think know. I would have been maybe more outraged if she got the VP slot, or like got sex Secretary of State or something. Exactly. Like and you know, but and that's but that's the beauty of this show too. And again, for anybody that wants to know my opinion, you ain't gonna get it anywhere else but here. I, I'm not going on the news. I don't give a shit. Nope, not doing it. This is where you're gonna hear it. Um, but this is the beauty of the show too, and what you can see, and you help me through. And you're like, yeah, you say that, I'm like, well, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's a half full, half empty, half full kind of thing. You see it as half full. It, I, again, I just see politics being, we're back to just being politics and politicians again. Doesn't yeah, matter. I mean, I'm going to, you know, the same way I think with every administration, I, I'm, I think I used to be a little bit more. I'm definitely not a hyper-partisan person by any means. So I'm just going to call it as I see it. I am sure Biden will do some things that I'll agree with. I think there's certain things that he's already proposed that I'm going to be in more in line with than I was with Trump. And there's going to be things like this where I'm going to say that's a terrible appointment, you know? So I, I, you know, just going to try to hold these people accountable, but I don't have any more power than anyone else. So it's not worth getting completely wrapped up in. But I, I am hoping for the best for the country. Um, and that's, you, know, you know, at this point, he's going to be the next president. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not. Um, I, I know there's people who are hoping there's going to be some giant surprise and there's not going to be. He's going to be the next president and we're going to have to, you know, hope for the best on certain things. And, and I mean, I have no dog in this fight because I didn't vote for either of these people. I voted third party. So. Well, and that's where guys who be like me, you know, it's, if you can, don't be like me. Don't be like, <laughs> don't be like, but, but with this, yeah, I have my opinion. She's, she's a, she's a scumbag. Yeah. He's a scumbag. And that is personal. I, I hate when people, ah, it's politics. You're, you're conservative. You're Republican. That's what, no, it's because of what happens. <laughs> To, to me and my family and the families of my of my teammates and my teammates, they both are scumbags or both are unethical and they're both helping each other out or he's helping her out because he did she did she did that administration a solid and that's it right there. And I'm the same as Ian. I, I as much as I, I dislike Biden, I really do. I, I, I don't care for my I don't think he has an ounce of integrity in his body. I if he does things to make this country strong and great, then, hey, fine, because I want this country to do well. I, I, I don't care who's in office. I want the country to do well. Um, 
And um, yeah, I'm not a, and I know no. you're not either. I'm not a like, let's hope there's a civil war. No, I, or let's, you know, like, you know, had a lot of the liberals when Trump was elected. Hey, oh, that's, I hope this fails. I hope the economy fails. And it was, guys, you were doing it. Don't even say that you weren't. You were. Who, t- who thinks like that? No. Okay. He was elected. So what? And, and this thing is with, if Hillary would have got elected for with Trump, I would have, oh, fuck yeah, I would have been pissed. But again, Charlie, Mike, what do I got to do for my life to make my life and my family's life better? And what can I do to still help this country grow? And that's the mindset people have to have, um, whether you like the candidate or not. <laughs> you know, they're politicians down to the bone anyway. So <laughs> just live, man, and and see things like you does half full. And as soon as we get off the off this, brother, I'll forget about it because you're right. I, I, I don't care. I, I got a, I got a course I got to teach. I'm going to vacationing here to Disney. That's my focus. But I got to go smile. In a couple face. weeks, right? Because we got one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got one more. With I, your friend, Scott Guerin. Scott, he's, oh, dude, that's another amazing, amazing guy. He'll be great. Uh, for PJ, uh, I mean, who dies on the drop zone, sees the light, and then comes back, and then becomes a PJ again. This is amazing. amazing. But, um, guys, bro, I, no, I appreciate you. Because it does. It helps me vent, but it also, this is it. This is it. It's over. Who gives a shit? You know, he stupid, stupid. Honestly, it's a stupid appointment. He'll do more stupid things down the line. He may do some good things down the line, too. Who knows? Um, but uh, this is the gen. Hey, it, it was it was a you know, it was. Hey, you, you, you did us a solid. Here's here's some payback for you. And and uh, that's politics, man. That, that's how yeah. the house of cards works. So anything else uh, planned for you this weekend? No. Uh, I know that we're going to be having this up on Monday. but You know, uh, we, we down, if you got a chance, you're in Omaha, go down. And, and, since I am still in Omaha, go down to the Durham Museum. There's trees up. They have the flag up. I'll shoot a picture. Actually, for Christmas, I got a great picture that I'll post during Christmas. But um, wonderful place just to festivities. The, the Santa's there, and they're doing it in a way where it's like, you know, where you have the stand. I mean, it, being safe. Um no, we down there yesterday, bro. It was so much fun. I love Christmas time. My five-year-old seeing Santa asking for Legos. It's like, what do you want? Legos. And his just just watching children around Santa again reminds me when I was around Santa. And I do believe in Santa Claus. I always will. I believe in the Easter Bunny. I believe in all because the spirit is always there. And um, don't it? And you know, for the kids, or if you get a bad Santa that makes you cry because you want a Nerf gun and he tells you no, which was terrible. Yeah, that's not a Santa, guys. The spirit of Christmas is is alive and well, and I think that showed by just by you catching it and post. I mean, that was awesome, man. You were like oh, first yeah. one. Well, it, yeah, well, it went viral because I mean, I, I saw it from Dana Lash, and Dana Lash is a far bigger following than but, I. And I so. actually, I, I spoke with the family. I called the mom, and we. Spoke, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Got, no, she did, yeah, we had no. I wow. called her, and uh, dude, you got to tell her. We have to wrap up with that. Okay, how, well, how did that go? I, you know, we have a hound dog that works for, I have a little, a little company now with battle line and KPI and merch, but a, a friend of mine, Jeremy Mitchell, who also basically runs everything. The dude is a hound dog. He's a former army MP. And I said, Hey, can you, can you track this lady down for me? Maybe I can give the family a call and, 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 you know, wish you Merry Christmas. And I, and no shit after you, you gave me the video and I posted it and I hit up Jeremy. Hey, can you find this lady? He found her like in 30 seconds. He's like, here's a text. Here's that. And I was like, okay. And I called her and it was awesome. And it was, you know, the talk with her and it was, I, I just, I just wanted to offer my, not just my condolences, but wish him a Merry Christmas. Cause I have a five-year-old. And if that Santa did that to my five-year-old, I I, would have put, I know I'm not, that's not a threat. It would have been a, 
boot in your ass sort of, cause you just don't do that. I don't care if you're asking for an Obama suit for Christmas as a Santa, that's what you want, son. That's what you, cause that's Christmas. That's the spirit of Christmas. That's the giving. But I called, I talked to the mom. She was such a sweetheart, but I remember asking, was, I said, she, was she aware of you? And yeah, no, her, 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 uh, her husband is actually a law enforcement officer. Oh, nice. And so oh, when nice. Jeremy reached out to her and I got the text back and that he showed me the screen, she goes, yeah, oh, yeah, we know who Tano is. We my son, he follow him. And, and, uh, and no, it was awesome. So I, I called him and I talked to her wife and, and I said, you're probably getting a lot of nerf requests now. <laughs> I'm sure if you want to send you stuff, but is there one I can get your son? I would love to send him one. And she goes, yeah, we really are. And they're going to donate the extra ones they're getting. But she goes, if just anything that you could send me personal, maybe some dog tags or, or, uh, she goes, he has his own LCE, his own web gear, like for a four year old, he's got his own, like, like, nice. so I said, yeah, I'll find something. I have, I, I didn't know if I had any dog tags. I mean, I, my dog tags, I don't have any extra there. And the ones I do are, are, are locked up in a, but I found some dog tags from Tyrone. I had some from Tyrone Woods and I found some of those and I found some, uh, web a web belt that you put like uh, magazine holders and stuff on i found some of that i have a this will be when he gets older but i found a little and when he gets his real gun i found a little rifle pistol grip that i had and i signed it and i put it in there and, and i said would you guys be willing when he reads when he gets old enough to read you know could i send him some books and and a dvd a blu-ray and she was no she's like we well, might be uh how old is he he's probably about a four. Yeah, he's, he, he looked a little older. I, I would have. Yeah. I would have thought he was reading because I was thinking like maybe six. Well, seven, I, thought, I thought she goes, no, he's four. He's just a big, big kid, and it was a great conversation. He, he seemed even just from the video, he seemed very mature, you know. And even even though he did cry, well, cry like he he handled it very well. Very, very. Yeah, you know, and just it just breaks your heart. But no, he did, and that's just that says a lot for his parents too. So, um, I, I think in the end. Um, and, and also, by the way, I'll throw this out there for yeah, the go people. Ahead. Like, oh, I would have flipped out on him. I think the mom handled it well too, because then you don't want your child to think there's a big commotion. That that wouldn't solve anything. And, and yeah, that's what she handled it better than I would have. Uh, she did an amazing job as a family, and 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 uh, no, and she was she's just a sweet, nice, very nice lady. You can tell the family's got it together just by the. You can always tell by the mom. Can't always tell by the dad, but you know the mom, and, mom, and, and you know loving family and and um. He's all right. The, the 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 boy actually, I you know, he's 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 resilient. Four year olds, five year olds are resilient, and I'm sure he's going to have a wonderful Christmas. And honestly, I'm just putting together of of stuff that I have had. I just there's one thing I do want to buy. I'm not going to tell them what it is because they're going to hear it. <laughs> but um, that my my four year old loves that he loves. It's a it's a piece of equipment, but I won't say that he loves, and I'm gonna put that in there. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it it I just I don't ever want kids. I don't care. Kids, kids shouldn't have to deal with any of that, man. Kids should be kids, and and the spirit of Christmas and Santa Claus should be there to the day you die, because it is. It's a spirit of of giving and 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 the spirit of of happiness, and that's why. Why do you think people put their Christmas trees up what a week before Thanksgiving? Because everybody still has that happiness coming in, and when some Jack and any does that because I'm a Santa, but I have my, I'm my, I'm a do-gooder. I, I, I always got the do-gooders out there. I got to put my two cents in to fix this world. It does nothing, but, but hurt, it hurts people. And, and, and uh, 
Yeah. So, um, but, uh, I, and, and I mean, it was a Nerf gun. Too. It was a Nerf gun. I, I it don't wasn't know. even an actual gun. You do gutters out there. You need to calm your shit down. Your PC police, but you need to calm calm your ass because it, it it creates more problems than anything. It does. Um, yeah. But it, it, in the end, I think I think they're going to have a great Christmas. And I was just thankful for the for the family allowing me to talk to them and call them on the phone the next day. And, yeah, are they getting blown up with calls? Are they? You know, I'm sure, I, are. I'm sure they are. That's why I was like, holy shit! I better get on this quick because I guarantee it. People are going to and uh. But it was good just to call them direct, call and talk to talk to talk to the mother and and uh, and and again just just a sweet sweet conversation and and the boy it's like my son uh, my son would, wants Nerf guns too he wanted Legos this year because I want Legos from that was beautiful I love my little boy and then sitting you know and and uh but yeah we we'll, we'll get him some more stuff taken out maybe get a couple Battle Line podcast shirts sent to him too. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the the mom was just more happy just to, that people were reaching out and and that um, I, I love that she said now just can you just anything find some stuff some arm, army stuff that you might have can you send it to him because he loves the army um, he loves the military and I said yeah I'll, I'll see what I have so actually I am I've been going through all my old boxes downstairs where all my all my stuff is and finding stuff that you know I, I did I pulled out a knife I like. Yeah, probably not. That's not for a four-year-old. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to send him. I have a really cool little knife, a bench-made knife that I want. But nah, he's his dad would probably want. His it. dad would probably. That's a, that's why I say with the pistol grip and stuff. I'll put in there, Dad. If you want to put that on your gun, put that on your gun, but uh, or save it. But um, yeah, well, I'll get that box out probably. Uh, well, not today. Obviously, probably either tomorrow or Monday. I still want to add a couple more things to it. And, uh, that's cool, man. I I didn't even know that, that ended up happening. So that's a well, cool well, story to end this on. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, that's we don't need to promote that. Why? 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 It's just it's something nice to be done. I'm glad we're talking about it now. But sure, there's a lot of it stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff that we do, or even I'll do, that people don't need to know about because it's that's that takes away the genuineness of doing it. If you're, hey, look what I did. You know, who's the Dan Blizzard? Yeah, I'm not Dan Blizzard. And where's my gun? Let me go find my gun. Somebody record me while I'm trying to save people. I can't stand that guy. Uh, that's that's he's just like the uh, he's he's um I don't know man he's like a character of what people think this alpha male guy is you know just like hanging out with strippers in the <laughs> all day long shooting guns like I don't know I think unless you're like 13 years old no one really finds that guy very cool yeah no, no the the actual character is going and eating a Sunday by the Christmas tree at the museum yesterday with your 12 your five year old and your wife that's that's alpha male right there. <laughs> nice man so and you did mention battle line shirts we do have battle line shirts available if you look at the link in description you can get those and uh and of course our biggest sponsor on this show is fort scott munitions they are a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass cnc spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact their trademark in soft tissue leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring you're going to receive the same results every time you pull that trigger Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as direct online through 
FortScottMunitions.com, where you can use our promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order, only available to listeners of this podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BattleLine Tactical, and the BattleLine Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow. Um, January is going to be an awesome month. I am lining up some really great guests for the uh, end of this month and into January. Chris has a lot of people that he wants to bring on. I have a bunch of people I want to bring on. Um, and then I'm getting, you know, shot dozens of requests, but I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not trying to do anyone favors. I want to just bring on who we think are the best people more so than, you know, could you get this person on because we get so many of those and, and there's just so many people I want to bring on and you want, you know, whether it's Clint Emerson, as I've said before, or, um, you know, the week you're out, I'm going to bring on Kavino and Rich, uh, who I've been trying to bring on forever. Uh, but they've been so busy because they're serious. That's, been, dang, that's yeah. what sucks. I like those guys too, man. We'll have to have them on again when I'm on. They'll, yeah, they'll come back on at some point for sure. I always just feel like the military guys I have to bring on when you're on because there's that military to military connection. Um, you know, and then I know that that war reporter at Fox, whose name escapes me at the moment, we'll have her on probably. Oh, Holly, no, we'll get we'll get Holly McKay on. She's yep. you know what's and Holly's awesome, not just because of of her her, but. She was one of the few that would actually, and it's hard to get embedded with the Peshmerga and the Kurds. And she has some just immense story. She has fantastic stories about that, about her. I, I think, honestly, I think at, during the time of the global war on terror, she preferred to, to live in Kurdistan in the States, but she'll have some great stories. And she's coming out with a new book too. So we'll get her on. Too. Oh yeah. We'll definitely have her on. I'm reaching out to a bunch of other, you know, kind of more A-list people for sure. Uh, anything else uh, to get to other than, you know, hope you guys have a Merry Christmas because that's coming up, uh, you know, and you're preparing for it, staying positive and all this. And yeah, I think our audience uh, is doing their best at staying positive through all this. We're trying to do our best at keeping a show positive because there's, yeah. there's a lot of negativity going on. Um, but there's, you know, as you always say, there's always silver lining and, and uh, you know, opportunity throughout this whole situation right now. There's a ton of opportunity out there to look for. Oh, keep keep pressing, guys. Just keep looking for a chance to to better yourself. Get that pa- get on that path that that you know is the positive path. And if you have down times, guys, you feel bad. Sometimes this time of year too is where sometimes depression comes into it. And yeah, just yeah, fight it. You got to. Um, and you can overcome, and and you're going to get stronger for it. So. Uh, don't let the yeah, shit throw out there. there. There's, I'm sure there's a ton of guys out there who Christmas is coming up and they're stationed somewhere and they're not going to see their family. And, and yeah, we got to remember those guys. Yep. Hey, bless you guys for keeping us safe out there. And uh, some of the best Christmases I did have was overseas though. And, and cause you do come together and it's, 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 uh, it's very memorable. You remember them forever. So if this is your first Christmas overseas, enjoy it, take it all in. Um, yeah, you're going to feel a little sad. Actually, the, I, the, before we go, one of the Christmas I spent overseas was in Kurdistan. And that's when I, the first time I saw Polar Express, it was on, uh, uh, Kurdish TV. And to me, that's still one of my favorite movies of all time because of where I was when I watched it. And I do love the Polar Express. I'm a Christmas guy too, but I was like, was it in another language? It, with no, it was, it was on actually, they, they would have American music movies come on and they would stay in English. Um, so I got lucky, but you're right. There are sometimes there were, they come on and they'd be subtitles. That was kind of fun too. Um, but now I remember why I remember there, I remember being in Irby up actually it was up in Shaklawa, Kurdistan watching polar express. Um, I had the day off and it was awesome. And, uh, you know, it just, again, it reminded me of the spirit of Christmas and it made me love Christmas even more. So 
those little things like that, you know, don't feel sorry for yourself, but, and there'll be something that pops up that, that you're going to remember for the rest of your life that if you did it in the United States or home, you, you may not, cause it may not be that memorable, but I didn't even remember my bed. I remember my room, how it was set up. I remember the TV I was watching on. And I remember just feeling like, man, this is actually kind of awesome. And I remember calling my family right after it was over and wishing them a Merry Christmas. So yeah, it's awesome. So enjoy your, enjoy your deployments guys, but thank you. Thanks for what you do and sacrificing by protecting us during the holidays. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. Never quit.